one of the Worldwide Chelsea podcast. It's another weekend of football, and unfortunately, it's not a great weekend of football. Chelsea finish this round of football before the international break, and unfortunately, we didn't get the win, but we will still remain top of the league, which is some sort of a positive to go into the international break with. Um, and I'm joined by two fantastic guests, as usual. Uh, I love this pod because every time I bring a guest on, they're all fantastic. Starting with the marvellous Marv. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, yes, not bad. Can't complain too much. Uh, alive and, and breathing, so that's that's a good thing. And yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I was pretty angry yesterday after the match, but I've calmed down. I've had a nice pub lunch, and I'm ready to talk about the game in a nice, calm and composed way. So... Hopefully it stays like that because I, I, I no doubt will get angry at some points of this, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And next is another wonderful guest, the trash-talking Texan himself, Jesters. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, the day after the day after, right? Um, yesterday is just, I, I don't care how you want to spin it. It's two points dropped. Um, and I'm just out of excuses for for everybody on the team. Uh, I'm not going to do any more excuses. I don't care who they are, uh, what they've done for the club in the past. I'm just done with it. With the uh, the horrible clinical nature of this team, and uh, we'll get into it. But yeah, I'm, you know it's Sunday, so we're blessed and doing our thing. Hopefully, uh, West Ham can do something here in this game. Right now they look at under the cosh. So yeah, we'll well, let, let, hope, hopefully, even if it's just a point, uh, two points that Liverpool drop, that will be hopefully good enough for us. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. Hopefully, fingers crossed, West Ham do the job. But we will discuss the game that happened. Well, for us yesterday, for you guys, probably Saturday because it'll probably be Monday by the time this comes out. Um, it was Chelsea one, Burnley one. Bit of a disappointing game. If you guys love a bit of the stats, we'll do a little bit of stat breakdown before we talk about the match. So Chelsea had 70% possession compared to Burnley's 30. Uh, Chelsea had 25 shots with only four on target compared to Burnley's five and two on target. Uh, We had 14 corners compared to Burnley's two. Uh, We had four big chances missed compared to Burnley's one. Uh, We created... We've made 60, 660 passes compared to Burnley's 285 with an 86% success rate for us and 69 for them. And dribbling, we had 11 out of 15 dribbles and Burnley had one out of three. So in that respect, you look at the stats, you think that that's a game Chelsea have got easily three points from. But football is not all about stats. It's not all about possession, not all about chances. If you don't put your chances away, you don't win the game. And unfortunately, it was one of them games where a team got one chance and scored the equaliser and we've dropped two points. Um, it's unfortunate and it got a lot of people angry, myself included, if you saw the stream on Worldwide Chelsea. But we've all calmed down a little bit. And we're going to talk about the positives first because we'll be nice and balanced. We're always lovely and nice and balanced on this channel. We don't just like to rant 24-7. So... I mean, the only real positive of the game, Reese James, uh, fantastic cross 
for the for the goal for Havertz's goal. My argument was Havertz scored it, but he couldn't miss because James hit the cross so perfectly it was harder to miss. Um, and really, James has been carrying on what has been a great season for him. Marv, I'll start with you. Um, what did you think of James's overall performance and the cross yesterday? And how what do you think about him ex- and how he's excelled this season? Uh, great as always. He's usually really good anyway. Apart from that f- uh, few games under Lampard where it, where it ended, where he kind of got easily beaten by Arsenal the Megs and stuff. But he's a ma- an amazing player because he can play everywhere, even in midfield, uh, even in the defence, even at wing back. He's got such agility. I love those kind of pl- players. A perfect blend of an athlete with good technique. Uh, his cross, his strike, his shot. He's, he's literally been the hero of the team the last couple of matches. Uh, amazing. Yeah, like you said, couldn't miss. Great ball in, literally perfect. Such a great player. And I don't know why. doesn't seem to get mentioned enough um, in any kind of media, which it should, because not only is he, you know, a homegrown academy player, he's also one of the best players in the league. And doesn't seem, you notice he doesn't seem to get mentioned that much about Reese, which I find a bit weird. No, they always focus on one particular uh, ball back from Merseyside, but there you go. I mean, ev- everyone in the media has their own agendas, so it's good it, too. It, that is. Alexander Arnold is good as good as well, but I still think that I, I just seems to be that no one mentions anything about Reese James. I don't know why, because for me, then they're, they're both at the similar level. I think Reese is a bit more of a rounded player, though. But I mean, it just doesn't seem to get mentioned. I just don't get it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's 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 one of them ones that's a bit it's a bit confusing. But there you go. I mean, it's some sometimes players just don't get mentioned, but sometimes it's nice because they're it means they're out they're out of the spotlight, out of the pressure, and they can just keep on doing their things without people talking about them every five minutes. Um, Jesters, what what did you think of Reese James' performance yesterday, and how we generally he's excelled over the season? Yeah, you know, uh, Reese is. What is it? Four goals, three assists this year. I think it's four and four actually now. Four and four. <clears throat> um, that's eight goal contributions. Uh, leads the team, if I'm not mistaken. Look, he's a fantastic player. He is. If you want to talk about the academy products in this team, um, the only one you can put in his kind of level and I'm being generous is Mason Mount uh, no other academy product in this team right now I guess you could say Christensen um, for his defensive work as of late but Reese James is just spectacular uh, he's got everything in his locker speed power beautiful right foot Beautiful left foot from what we saw last week. I uh, just he just got all the tools. Uh, in uh, in baseball, they talk about tools. You have a three tool player, a four tool player. He's a five tool player. He has he can do everything. There, there's no weak point in his game. As as soon as you know, maybe you could say the experience to know instinctively. I need to be in this position. I know the ball's coming here, but that comes with with experience, and that's not something that uh, you can just have automatically. It's something that comes with game time. And as soon as you get some more more games and some more years underneath his belt, he's going to be unstoppable. I mean, he just he just is that good. 
Um, and I don't think he gets enough credit. I think he gets overlooked. Uh, you know, there's not a real big Reese James agenda out there, pro agenda or anti agenda. So, you know, he doesn't get talked about. He's just, but he, he is uh, absolutely worthy of being in discussion already for MVP of the season. Definitely, so, def- definitely, definitely. I, yeah, I can't say enough good things about him, and uh, wish he would get he would get more uh, airtime because it it really deserves it. Yeah, I think what I like what I like about him is that he has he's come in and he. I remember on the Lampard season, we obviously he started off he had that injury, so it took a bit of time for him to come in. After you obviously saw the Tammies, you saw the Mounts come in, but there was that kind of anticipation he was waiting for. Reese James to come in and I thought I think when he come in he done really well as Marv said apart from that little bit when Lampard was finishing which I think to be fair everyone kind of dropped at that point so you can't really blame it on one particular player and but um he's been fantastic and even like he's had chances where he's he's playing in fantastic crosses and he's no one's got a head on it but and then but then at the same time he's had his faults like every player does and each time I've seen them, he's kind of you can see he's worked on it and improved it. Like I remember at the at the um, the post lockdown uh, that little that stint, I remember people complaining that Reese James was not strong and he wasn't he wasn't looking as good. And then the next season he was just bodying players left, right, and centre, and you could see he really bulked up. And then you got you had people complaining that he's not crossing enough and he's uh, passing the ball back too early but now this season he doesn't seem to be passing the ball back nowhere near as much and he's trying the crosses a bit more when he is his crossing technique as we've known is fantastic um arguably i know they're different but as good as trent alexander arnold and as you've seen the, in this game absolutely fantastic cross perfect um you could literally any player would have scored that header because it was literally put straight on kai Havertz's head um so yeah, I think he, he's a he's a great player. I, I I don't mind that people don't have a agenda for or against him because it just means that he can go on doing his thing without people overhyping him or slagging him off. He can just do his thing and quietly become what I think he could be if he if he carries on one of the best right backs we've ever had at the club. Full stop. So if and he's got he's got plenty of years ahead of him. So full credit to him. Uh, great game, and I think yeah. Apart from, you could argue Mendy, um, but even people were saying Kovacic. I think Reese James, taken away, obviously he had the injury which he was out for. He's been consistently good. I think Kovacic hasn't been so, as consistent, so I wouldn't. I'd put him over Kovacic. It's just him between him and Mendy at the moment for who is the best player this season so far. Um, and yeah, I think he hopefully he can carry this on, and I think we remember with the performance against Arsenal with Lukaku I think if him and Lukaku can uh, link up well I think they're two players that I think can really get the best out of each other in that situation so we'll have to wait and see when Lukaku comes back uh, to see how it goes but fantastic to Reese James and that will probably be one of the only positives we've got a few debates that will probably bring in a few positives and negatives uh, throughout but I have waited a little bit of time 11 minutes to talk about this and (laughs) <laughs> Probably it's the it's the thing it's the it's the embarrassing part of the game. Um, our shots, our finishing, 
there's no way there's no way to shape this but 25 shots in total four on target 10 off target 11 blocks there's no way to say that that is not acceptable um that's just over 10 percent um 10 15 percent uh success rate in terms of shots and for players that are 70 you paid 72 million for you paid Barkley, we paid 15 million for, but we've had loads of players we've paid a lot of money for attackers and it's not acceptable um marv what did you think of the finishing yesterday um one second Uh, I think I think basically the the finishing was was pretty bad. Um, I mean it's happened a lot with, with the team, um, but uh, I think I don't, I don't a lot of in this case I, I'm a little less harsh on the team than I would normally be because I think a lot of it was just a just literally pure luck why we didn't win. And yeah, they should take the chances, but so many of those were like, you know, shots that were blocked, or somehow the keeper managed to become the best in the world for one game that he decides to turn up in. Um, and it just annoys the hell out of me. We should have scored six or seven times. Even at the beginning, we had those shots that we missed. Yeah, some of them were bad misses, I, I think. But in general, how unlucky can you be missing? I think we had how many on target? Five or six, and at least two of them should have gone in. Yeah, I mean, I can understand the idea of luck, but it's not the first time that we've seen this sort of stuff. We've, is it, is it, we've had a quite a long-term problem, especially if we think back before Lukaku came in. Um, we were all complaining that we need the striker because we're not finishing our chances. Is this a, just a long-term problem we have um, for players that are currently not Lukaku? Because obviously Lukaku, when he's had the chance, generally he's problem. finished most of it. It was a problem with him as well. In the last couple of games before he got injured, he wasn't scoring chances either. Uh, he missed an open goal about three yards out the game before he got injured. I think it was the Juventus game. I don't remember which one. Um, maybe with him we're creating less, but that's because we're using a focal point player. Whereas this time when we use more free-flying players like Habits and Werner, I think that we create more. But then you don't have somebody who's as good as finishing as Lukaku. So it's a bit of a catch-22, I think. Yeah, Justice, what do you think? Um, is it a bit of bad luck with that with this game, or is it a long-term problem we've got to deal with? Uh, I, I don't believe in luck. I think you make your own luck, or you don't make your own luck. Uh, you can go through a few of them. Christensen should have put that ball in the back of the net. You know, poor technique. Should have had that at least on target. Um, Rudiger had three headers. You got to hit the at least hit the target with one of them. I know varying degree of difficulty, but okay, you're a professional. Uh, Ross Barkley, if you're going to play hero ball, if you're if you're not going to get your head up and, and see that Chilwell's wide open, then you better put that ball at least on target. And you didn't do it. Callum Hudson Odoi, you're going to play hero ball. You have Reese James calling for the ball wide open, and you go on your weaker foot and can't score. Guess what? That's that's on you. That's not luck. That's not the goalkeeper being great. That's poor decision making, poor or poor technique. Uh, Thiago Silva had one that, that came off his shoulder instead of his head. Should have been a goal. Uh, 
you can keep going through these, and it's just again when you play, don't play your your first team because they're out injured, those things become more apparent. Again, I don't think any of us think that that those three playing maybe Havertz on occasion will be starting at this point. It's just. We were playing backups to backups in some cases. Barkley shouldn't even be at this team. Callum Hudson-Odoi was sixth choice before the injuries. Now you can say he's done enough to be fifth choice. So you get a fifth, your fifth choice attacker, somebody that shouldn't even be your, on your team, and somebody that's not hit his stride yet and needs to be better. Uh, although I thought that he played much better in this game than he had his previous two. And Havertz, I think this is one of his better game all around. Uh, and I think that had to do with the formation, not sitting them in the middle and letting them be more um, coming off the left. But, uh, yeah, it's, again, we can say, well, you know, we had bad luck. No, sorry. You have 25 shots, four on target. Not good enough. And that's not luck. That's poor decision-making. That's uh, poor technique. So it is what it is. Um, you can't go back and change those things. All you can say is hopefully when we come back from international break, we're going to have at least everybody fit so Tuchel can make the decision who's his best starting three up top. And I, I'm guessing it's going to be Lukaku, Mount, and somebody else is what, what my not just saying that's his best front three or, or two of the best front three, but those two I think will be there and it'll just be D1 Ferner, D1 Pulisic, D1 Havers, D1 Callum. And go from there. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the front three, I think, will generally with the wide, I think Lukaku, when he's fit, will probably be the man in the centre, no matter what. But obviously, I, I do think the Werner will change, Mount will change. I don't, I don't think either. I don't think anyone's really solidified a place. Um, so you, I think you will see games where Pulisic will come in. Um, obviously, Callum has played fairly decent in the last few games, so he kind of has earned a pl- at least earned a place past Ziyech. Um and obviously Barkley. I think he was ahead of Barkley anyway. Um, so he he may he may get some some more games um, where Ziyech would have got him. I think Ziyech. I think obviously we'll, we'll speak about Barkley in a little bit. But obviously, if you're if 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 you're if if Barkley's being picked over you, that's when you start looking and thinking I've got I've got some serious problems at this club. Um, but yes, I I think it'll be it'll, it'll be one of them things. But Marv, it's it's kind of what I was going back to the stats. Obviously, four big chances. Is that really luck, or is that just mistakes from some of our players? Obviously, um, Jess has kind of listed the Barkley and Callum ones as the main ones that really they should be putting that in the back net, shouldn't they? Yeah, they definitely should. I mean, and that's why, I mean, you know, I've never been a fan of Barkley. I mean, yeah, I think he actually played well in this game, so I'm not going to really overly criticise him. I think he's good at sitting in half space. He's got some skills and he's got a lot of energy, which is good, but it will always be the same problem with him. He's not consistent enough. And he is not a player that ever uses his head. 
So it's not, I mean, he might have some talent, which is what I thought, okay, when we signed him, maybe some of that talent can be unearthed, but it's just not one of those high mentality players. And I don't think that will ever change. So for me, I, I agree with just that I'm not so sure that he, he should really be at the club. I definitely think next season, Conor Gallagher comes in and he's out. Uh, that's my personal opinion. Um, I do, however, think it was a lot of luck. Those goals would normally go in, I think, the ones that we had. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 t- I take your point somewhat on that. I, I do think that there is a long-term problem with players, and it's not just the three players that play. We've seen Werner miss his chances as well. We've seen Mount miss, miss key chances and not play key passes. Even Pulisic to a, a, a small extent and Lukaku. I think Lukaku's shown it elsewhere that he can be very clinical. So I do think the Lukaku thing, as we'll talk about, is more other people creating chances around him. Um, but obviously you've got to make your own as well. But I do think there is a long-term problem as we don't have like a, a Man City, a Liverpool. You don't really see many of these teams missing four, bit five big chances a game. And I think this is not the first time where we've had this occasion where we've missed a, a number of big chances in a game and then not got the points. I mean, I know the Brentford yeah, one was different I, because we... I just want to interject, interject. That's why we should have spent the money on Haaland. Yeah, but I think even with Haaland, I'd make the point, would, would we be would we be playing? I, I, I think the problem's not just with the striker. I think some of these some of these players in the wide positions, my question is are they good enough? Are, do, are they intel some of them are they intelligent enough to play with certain strikers? Because they're not, they, I, don't, they, I mean, they don't seem to be finding Lukaku very well. They've yeah, had problems not. with chances. I just feel like you look at Liverpool, you look at Man City, their players are intelligent and there's more than one player that um, puts the ball in the back of the net. At the moment, we seem to be Lukaku, either Lukaku scores or the wing-backs score. I know the wing-backs are playing like midfielders at the moment, which is good because we need that, but we need to be seeing more, and that's why maybe you look. That's why I think, for me, obviously, I think we need. I've always said we needed a midfielder, uh, especially if we're considering going back to a back four, or even now, I still think we need that sort of again assume any figure in that midfield. But apart from that, I think we need. I, I do think we need another, maybe not a striker, but another what wide forward that can get you some goals somewhere and or get you some creativity. Someone like someone that has that um, killer pass, because when we have Lukaku, we miss that killer pass. And then when we're playing this fluid play, obviously we've got, we're, we're playing fluid and we're creating lots of chances. But it, I, I, as I've, as I've said before, there's no point. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care if we create loads of chances. If we can't put the ball in the back of the net, then it's pointless creating loads of chances. Um, so, I think we, we, we really need to sort the situation out. I think Tuchel knows that. I think he's looking and thinking. I, I do think Ziyech is half a step out the door um, because he's at that age where it's now or never. Um, obviously, he's had some unluckiness with injuries and the COVID time. And I understood it was hard to get in, but sometimes you've, you've just got, you've got to step up. And I don't think he stepped up, I think. Um where like Kai Havertz, you can understand they're younger and they're going to get more time. But even then, you, at some point, you've got to start delivering more than just a goal in a Champions League final. I get that, that will 
you, that you that will forever be in Chelsea's history. But you need to you need to start being a bit more consistent. Otherwise, Chelsea Football Club, we don't we don't we don't we don't take chance we don't take chances on nobody. We we will replace you if you are not performing at your top level soon. Um, so Havertz, I mean, we'll, obviously Pulisic, we'll talk about uh, in a little bit, but. When he comes back, he's got to step up. Callum has got to step up. Z- um, Werner, I think Werner for me, I think he's doing okay. Obviously, I think he can improve and he's finishing, but I think he creates lots of the team. Um, Mount again does very well, but again, there's things to improve, and I think everyone has got to a lot to improve around Lukaku. Lukaku obviously has his stuff to improve as well. I think he will, but I, I think hopefully, if we can get some more people in tune with him, because I feel not, there's not enough people who we'll discuss this later, picks out his passes, passes. So hopefully if we can get some more players in tune with Lukaku, maybe we'll get better out of him. But we'll, we'll, everyone's got a lot to improve with that attacking role if we want to consistently fight for a title. Because that's what, that's what the aim is. We don't want to just fight for a title and then disappear for three or four years and go back for another one. We want to build a dynasty, as we said in the summer after the Champions League. So therefore we need we, we can't we can't be having passengers in this team. So everyone needs to step up in that attack. And I think from the summer, I think people are going to have to be sacrificed. And people on fans, some fans are going to lose their favourite players. I'm not naming names because I don't want people to say agendas, but I think there'll be at least one, maybe two. Pulisic and Rudiger to stay at the club. (laughs) I'm sure sure you'll... The Rudiger thing, that's in his his own hands. But... uh, Pulisic, I, 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 we'll see how he does after the injuries. Um, but we'll move on to the other goal in the match. Obviously, Burnley, uh, Charity FC coming back a little bit. Vidra hasn't scored in 18 games. Um, and we give him his first goal. Uh, it was a... It, 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 were, it was one of them ones. It wasn't, there wasn't a calamity mistake. But um, there, was a, there was people... Some people were blaming Christensen. Uh, for not staying with his man, some people were blaming Rudiger for kind of keeping everyone, keeping them, keeping him on side a little bit. Um, he's a bit behind the general line. Um, Jesters, was there anyone particularly at fault for that goal, or was it just one of them goals where we haven't conceded a lot and it just happens? Well, uh, I mean, if you if you look at the play, um, you'd have to say that if if two of the centre backs are in one line. And you have one center back behind those two. The center back that's not in line with the other two is, is problematic at best. Uh, I like Rudiger a lot. I think he's amazing. He brings so much intensity and, and shithousery to this team. And it, it, it's been brilliant for us. Everybody makes mistakes. So, you know, it. he should have been up with Thiago. He should have been up with Christensen. And then they would have been offside. It would have been no big deal. Again, you can't really blame our team, our, our team defense, for doing what they've done this year. I mean, they've been absolutely amazing. What you can blame is what we talked about in the beginning, because if we're two up, that shipping that one goal means absolutely nothing in the grand, grand scheme. It just means we didn't keep a clean sheet. But it doesn't mean we, we, you know, we still get three points. So I'm not, he should, you know, yeah, he should have been level with the other two center backs, but 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give him harassment or saying you know he needs he, you know forget resigning him, send him or let him go to Madrid or anything else that's being said. Again, people are human; they make mistakes. Uh, but had our offense done their job, that goal wouldn't have mean any, meant anything. So uh, I, I don't want to blame a defense that has been that good for anything. But uh, I guess I, I guess we could call prime waffle right there. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. That's all right. I mean, uh, if I've got a Belgian girlfriend, so I like a bit of waffling, so I like a bit of waffles, so uh, don't worry about that. Um, Marv, obviously, I know you're a big Rudiger fan. Um, yeah. What do you think? Do you think Rudiger was at any particular fault, or do you think it was one of them goals that just happens? No, just bad team defending. I, I saw some people blaming, and it's always the same. They, you, like, that's the scapegoat player, and he always has been since he came here because of idiots like that Matisse guy who needs a big slap, by the way, um, that started out that. And, and I'll do it to him anytime, any place, anywhere. And, and secondly, like, it was people like him that constantly kept slandering the player when he was here in his first season, uh, despite the fact we were doing quite well with him. Him and David Luiz, even under Sari, were pretty good the season after. And it's because of people like that, saying that these players are bad, that you get all of the minions doing it. And, and that, that's the problem. Like, every time a mistake's happened, they don't even look. And it, it brings me back to the article I wrote, uh, talking about that West Ham game, where half the, the mistakes weren't even his. And people were like, oh, that was the biggest Rudiger disaster class because he stupidly kicked the ball out for a goal kick. I'm sorry, goal kicks are not a goal. And uh, it's, it's stuff like that. It was a team mistake. I mean, if you look at it, over the top, it's beaten all of the defence line. Silver, Christensen, and Rudiger, and even, I don't know where Reese James, but I can't remember if, if they were also there. But And also the, the, the midfield not defending the cross. So there's literally about four or five or six potential errors in there, which makes it a team mistake. And I find it weird having a blame, and that's why I'm not even with the attacker. I'm not going to blame just one player because a lot of players miss chances. And, and that's kind of the thing. It's not, not all on one. You, you cannot carry a player in a world-class first 11. I constantly bring this up a lot. If there is a player that is that bad that doesn't fit in the team, it is so easy to notice it. For example, you know, Alvaro Morata. You could tell after he was good at the beginning, but, you know, he was dragging the team down because he wasn't doing anything. He was so bad he had to play, not, not even play a striker sometimes. It's very hard in any team that wins things to carry a first 11 player. It does not happen and it's the same when people are always criticizing like William and stuff but William was a good team player and again I repeat you cannot carry a first 11 player and and, and so no it wasn't a really mistake it was a team mistake yeah I mean I I do I do agree with you to an extent I think there were what I'd call little mistakes from individual players I mean as Jester said, you could argue that Rudiger could have been a step up. You could argue Christensen should have been uh, closer to his man. You could argue, as you said, the uh, midfielder could um, have defended the cross better. But yeah, so I, I, I would agree with you to the point that it is more of a team, just a team goal, team lapse. Just generally, there's no, there's no disaster class of any particular player, um, and it is just little things. But I mean, we've scored. We've, We've not with that fourth goal we've conceded this season. That is in in however many games we've played, 
that's really not that many goals, so we can't really complain, complain if the defence concedes one goal in a while. Um, it's just unfortunate that we didn't score again, but that's gem- generally down to attack. As you said, Mark, there's not like one particular player that have Barkley missed a chance, Callum missed a chance, has Havertz and missed a few chances, but not as big as the others. Um, and some of the defenders missed a few headers. Um, so it's not one particular player, of course, that um, cost us the game. I think it's just a, a magnitude of mistakes. Um, we're going to turn to a player that has returned uh, in the last two games, not just the Burnley game, but in the last two games. Christian Pulisic has finally returned from his injury. Um, all the people that were moaning that it was taking so long, uh, finally he's back. Um, as me and Jester said, it, we knew it would take a bit of time. But he has come back and it's been OK. I, I think he, he's not he's not pulled up trees, but I mean, uh, I'd argue he didn't have any time in the uh, Burnley game. And he, and he was he was OK in the Malmo game. Um, just as I'll come to you, obviously, massive Christian Pulisic fan. What did you think of his uh, two games returning? Is that OK? Um, obviously, he's not played too much, but has he been, his performance has been OK. Not a disaster class yet. Yeah, what, uh, what are we? What are you expecting in the time given? Uh, I mean, I, I had people go at me for his performance against Burnley, so I know they're young, and you know maybe they're you know they they're just fresh off of uh, going through puberty, and they don't know any better. But when you get inserted into a game played at a high level in professional games, no matter what it is. Are played at a high level. It takes time to get integrated, get up to speed. And it, so it usually takes about five minutes to get settled and get ready, you know, match this, the, the intensity, the speed of the game, especially when you're coming back from seven weeks off, which everybody wants to bring up. So if you only come on in the 85th minute, and it takes you five minutes to get up to the game speed. Then that means he was on for four minutes of actual being able to affect the game. So, uh, you know, he was he did what he was he, what he did. I mean, I didn't even give him a rating because he didn't have enough time to get a rating. Same with Mason Mount. Uh, in the Malmo game, uh, I know everybody thinks he should have scored, but I think even if he would have scored, he would have been, they would have VAR checked it and he would have been offside. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was he was off. But he still was there and made a run that we had not seen any of our players make. Playing up close to the uh, center forward who was Kai Havertz, so when he flicked the ball on, they could make the run off of him. We haven't seen that until he got on the pitch. So he is a different level to what we've seen uh, over the last few weeks uh, with with Callum uh, and whoever else has been playing. He's just a different player. And I understand that nobody likes the injuries. He doesn't like the injuries. I don't like the injuries because... You know, if, if Christian was fit to play 30 minutes in that game, we win. We, we, we probably scored two or three goals. So um, that's just how I rate, rate him. You know, if you don't like it, that's fine. I really don't 
I don't care anymore. If you're if you're going to do compilation compilation videos uh, of Callum Hudson Adoy, and the first first thing you have on there is him passing the ball backwards, I got no time for you anymore. So the uh, guy's a proven winner. He just needs to get back fit, which he'll get the two games over the the uh, international break to get fit. And when he comes in, he needs to start uh, proving what I say about him. He needs goals and assists. He needs to dom- uh, be a, dominate and affect the game in ways that other p- people who have played have not done so uh, on a consistent basis. And if he does that, then everybody can just be quiet and understand that that, that he's, he's world-class and we'll go from there. But that's my feelings on him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously we know he hasn't had enough time. But I think my my thing is a lot of people are like, oh, why didn't he start against Burnley? Well, I, I looked at it as obviously he's back and he's obviously not – he's ankle is okay but obviously he's just come out of an ankle knock where he's strained a ligament so the last thing you want is to play him against the Burnley side that as we saw when he came on for the five minutes that he was on was straight away going at his ankles uh not not exactly a team known for playing with uh clean tackles so I understand why maybe he wasn't playing the full game I think maybe it's a bit too early for him to go into that sort of game and Tuchel just being a bit more uh, careful with him, which I understand. I mean, it's a an ankle injury like that. You just last thing you want is to redo it after a short time of coming coming back. So I can completely understand that. Maybe, obviously, we'll talk about it later about the length time of two subs coming on. Um, but we'll, we'll, I, I think him not starting was a, probably what I expected. Um, Marv, what, what do you what, what have you thought of Pulisic's return the last two games? What you yeah. expected, and how, how long? How long do you give him to start getting back to his full form? Oh, not too long. I think. I mean, he hasn't had that many time, that much time. Is he just like two games? Uh, not even fully full game. So it's good to see him get back up to speed. It's been a long time since he played, so I'd give him another couple of games to get into the flow of the way you play. But again, every time he plays, he's a danger. He, he got on that pitch, played a really good forward pass in between the lines. Something we we do lack quite a bit. I think that. Once he gets going again, <clears throat> he'll be the top winger again, yet again. I've got so much belief in the player, as I always say. And it's not because he's like there's an agenda or anything like that. It's because what I see when he plays is something unique and special. And I think he's by far the best winger at the club. So, <clears throat> you know, you can't really judge someone on two half, like not even a full half a game he's played yet. So give him, I hope he doesn't go and play games for US in the international break. That's the one thing that frustrates me. He's playing pointless games against the likes of Honduras and coming back injured, which is ridiculous. Um, but other than that, I think hopefully for the next game, the next couple of games, he'll be back in the lineup again. But um, I find it weird people compl- I mean, I saw that miss that he had, but it was him that made the run and got in behind in the first place. No one else is really doing that. So, you know, I can't wait for him to get back. And yeah, I think he's going to be great again. Yeah, I think he was offside for that miss anyway, as Jester said. So, in the grand scheme of things, it it didn't really matter too much. I mean, yeah, I mean, Jester's obviously you're you're our US man. Has he been uh, brought into the international team, or has he got time off? Yes. No, he. he <laughs> we're playing in Mexico, so. Oh God. Uh, 
Um, that's the first game in in Mexico, I believe. I believe, so, and I also think it's behind closed doors because they got a two a two match ban for uh, uh, homophobic uh, chants. So lovely. Uh, so we're 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 going to be watching that game, praying that some two footed tackle doesn't come in. Yeah, and I think it's kind of a misnomer again. We saw against Porto. How many times did Porto go at his ankle? Yeah. Still was fine. Uh, you know, it was a one-off tackle. I think he needs to be more cautious in, uh, because he wants to win so badly. He has to drive to win so badly. And he wants to be the man for the U.S. men's national team. He, sometimes he, he does too much. And that was the case with the... Uh, with the injury, he he was trying. We weren't playing well. We were nil nil. He was trying, trying to win it for the team, and 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 got himself injured in in the in the uh, in the process of doing that. So he needs to understand, and he's not. He's used to playing. He's used to playing with bums on the U.S. men's national team. Okay, let's have it correct. There's not been until now anybody close to his level on that team. Now you've got Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams. Um, you've, you've got uh, the, the young striker Pepe that's coming through that Ajax are looking at now. Um, there's some, pl- you know, you have Reyna. Of course, he's not in the team. Deft is not in the team. Uh, these but there's players. Huh? These dudes on. Enough. A, a lot of these guys are not good enough. I, I think they've really. I, I like that Pepe guy, but watch people like Weston McKennie and stuff. It, I don't see anything unique there. And I, I've really liked Team USA. I, I remember I used to always pick them in pairs when I was younger. And I remember players like Bocanegra and Yewu Donovan, Beasley, all these really awesome players. And I don't think they say this is a golden gen, but I don't see many players outside of Pulisic when I watch these games uh, compared to that 2002 team. What do you think? Uh, I would say Reyna's on his way. I, I really like Reyna. Um, but it, it it's probably the generation just behind this one, which Christian will be a part of because he's so young. Uh, the next one coming through, you have, you, you have like your uh, Musa, uh, Eunice Musa I like. I like uh, Buzio. That's now at Venetia. Who, by the way, they knocked off Roma today. Um, so there are some younger players. Dest. Um, Dest is Dest is a great wing back. He's yeah. very good going forward. He is not a fullback. No, so, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. One that and that's why it. we're looking at him. Actually, we've had to, we've okay. now had our first link to him because. I like, yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on. Score! Yes, West Ham. They scored? Yes, come on. Pablo Fernandes, yes. Yes, come, come on. on. Oh, bless that. Sorry. Wait for VAR. Oh, God, yeah. I think he's on. I think he's on. So I'll keep you updated. So anyway, I guess because our wingbacks, and this is, again, everybody says things wingback, they think defenders. No, in this system, the wingbacks are midfielders. That's why it's a three four three. Not a five two two three. So oh he's onside. It's gonna stand. Fantastic. Um 
That's yeah. That's why we play a three-four-three, three, not a five-two-three. Three. I think Dest would because, be quite good in our team, to be honest. Oh yeah, because he could also play winger. Yeah. Um, his we last game for the U.S. Yeah, this last game for his U.S. men's national team, he was playing fullback. Actually, came inside on his left foot from the right, and absolutely put a ball top shelf. Curled the ball in with his left. So he's he's two-footed. Um, he can actually play left wing back as well. Not a natural left footer, but is good enough to to play there in a pinch, which means you could start moving on from Marcus Alonso because you have one guy that can cover both positions, at least. Um, but, yeah, I think he would be great because he's more of a, a wing back type that we're looking at in our team. If we're looking at somebody like him, that means we're staying with the back three. So uh, another need, no need for decline Rice uh, because he's only really needed in the back four. Who's signing? I, like, I actually like Dest. I think he's got a lot of uh, potential. If he's given a specific role where he stays wide, I think um, there there is a potential player in there. So I think uh, it depends on the price. I think, but I think that could be a good a good move for us. Yeah, I agree. I think what we you can consider as well, because obviously I know you've got certain fans screaming, what about Livramento? Um, don't worry, don't worry. Chelsea do have a plan. I mean, I think the... Uh, I don't know what that noise is, but it's a great little, great little advert music. Sorry, that was, that was, the, was, end. <laughs> that was the end. That was the end of the ad break. Uh, cue any sponsors that want to join in in that ad break, but yeah, um, yeah, I think with the whole Livermento Dest thing, I think we got what we remember. What you can remember is Reese James, we've seen him play at right centre back before, and I do think in some way you could you could see Reese James possibly drop into that right centre back position and provide his deep lying crosses from there, and then you could have a Dest and uh, Livermento fighting for the right wing back spot, which I think. Both of them would have a fair uh, competition for it. I think Dest, I think it probably, if we do sign him, I think it will depend on the price. Obviously, Barcelona are in a lot of financial trouble. So I think we could get Dest for a reasonably good price, um, which could be the reason why Chelsea want to go after him. And I think you look at him, obviously, yeah, he is, I would say he's a good definition of an apron. Uh, good, very good going forward, not so good going back. But if he's got that role of, he stays forward, um, and he's more of that. You play, you kind of with Chilwell and Dest. You play Chilwell as a bit more of a slightly more defensive wing back, stays back a little bit, so sometimes goes up. And Dest is more that, almost like how Hakimi would have been. Hakimi is a defender that he's not very good going back, but he's very good going forward. And he would be a wing back that you would he would literally play as a right winger at times. So. I could, I could, I could see it. I mean, we'll have to see if there's more, uh, some more concrete links, and if the links keep coming in to see if uh, he will come in. But yeah, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't be completely against Des coming, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, but oh, yeah, well, one thing about the about Livermore, I just want to think, I just want everybody to pump the brakes on the kid. I watched him play um, Friday, and he has a lot of mistakes in him because he's young, and he. You're not bringing that type of player into this team if we're wanting to win titles, just for the sake of having an academy kid in there. He he is uh, 
still very, very raw. And that's fine for a Southampton who's just mid-table matters. It's not fine for somebody expecting to win things. So, again, pump the brakes. Our buyback's not till 23. So that's, you know, basically two seasons. Yeah, Let him develop. Two, I don't... Yeah, there's two seasons where he can develop. So we'll see what he's like at the end of it. But that's what I mean. Chelsea are smart enough to have multiple options. They have the option of Dest and they have the option of Livermento and then they, have the, they even have the option of filling James into the right centre-back. They've got Kunde looking at. So we've, we've got a lot of options that we could pick with and it's good to have a lot of good options. I mean, the Chelsea of old would have one good option and then would result to Drinkwater, Bakayoko and Zafa Costa. So... I'm glad we're not linked with them sort of players and we're actually linked with good young potential players, but also looking at other options as well. So it's good to keep the options open. Um, but yeah, with Meek Pulisic, I think hopefully he doesn't get injured in national duty. Um, I'll be praying for that. And then I think we'll give him some games to get started. But obviously, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to be biased. If he if 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 he if he if he doesn't if he takes a while if he doesn't prove himself because he's got to prove himself to get back into the starting lineup. Uh, full time, and if he doesn't prove himself, then he's he's got he, he's got to work for it. He's not we're not I'm not going to judge him solely off a uh, uh, good performance, a good stint of performances and how well he's played. Yeah, he's got some credit in the bank, but you do need to show it to get into the side. I'm mean, you're not the Chelsea, as I said, is not as I said with all the players, is not a it's not a club where we just give give positions to people when you've got to earn it. So Pulisic will earn it. I, th- I, I have the confidence that I think he will. I, I trust in the player, just like Marv said. I have all the faith that he will do it, but I'll keep it open. I've not, not got any agendas against any particular player. Everyone needs to prove it, and that's why players like Ziyech, who I really liked, I am very pessimistic against now because I, I don't feel he can ever he can get back into it. But at the same time, players like Pulisic, they've got to step up. Callum has done okay. Still needs to continue to step up. Havertz, big time, needs to step up. Werner and Mount, they were there, but still got to improve. So we will have to wait and see what happens in the forward line in the future. But there is one player that I haven't spoke about in that attacking lineup that started yesterday and was it was quite a go, go, rare Karzuma, start. Karzuma, Karzuma, did he score? Three one. Come on, Zoom. Uh, Agent Zuma, yes. Zoom. Come on. Come on. Agent Zuma. But, yeah, um, one player that did get a start yesterday that was a big surprise, um, Ross Barkley. Um, actually, I know I gave him a 1 out of 10 in the uh, player ratings, but that was my sh- pure anger with the front three yesterday and the chances. So I was a bit harsh on him like every every player, but... I think he played an okay game. I think he showed some good stuff. Obviously, taking away the finish, which he should have scored. But again, everyone else did. But Marv, I'll start with you. What did you think of Barkley's performance yesterday? Was it yeah. was it good enough? Was it good enough for you? Is it was he good yeah. or was it again a flop performance? No, I think I think he he actually was okay. I mean, yeah, again, he doesn't have that composure to to really deliver. But it, I think he played well. He sat in half spaces. He created a bit. I think he did play fairly well. Um, I mean, and he's not my favourite player. I've again after I think overall this game was fine. And you know, if we really, really want to dig into it, we conceded when he was off the pitch. That is that is a very good point. 
So yeah, yeah, uh, it's a very good point. I mean, overall, I think he he was very good in that everything apart from that just final final finish. But again, every t- every player was struggling in that. So you could argue he was one of the better players when he was on the pitch. Um, but obviously there are there is the chance like other players that he could have and should have scored. I think for Barkley, I think it's one of them shots where it's on the penalty spot. Most Premier League footballers, I expect you to at least pull it on the target, and that's what annoys me. If if you pull it on target and Pope made a good save, like he did with other shots, then I wouldn't be too disappointed in it as much. But it was more like it was it was more like he was trying to get conversion more than anything. Uh, but there you go, um, Jesters. What, what did you think of Barkley's performance? Was it was it good for you, or was it just average Barkley? Well, I think that. Both things can be uh, true. Uh, he was very he was very good in the first half, not so much in the second half. I think uh, playing the ball into him, he's him turning into half spaces and going forward is a plus. Uh, we don't usually see that from from that position or any position. It's more pass first than picking your head up and and, and moving forward, which makes the, the the defense commit to you. And then you can lay the ball off. Okay, that's the good that Barkey can do. The bad is he plays with his head down. He should have never taken that shot in the first place with Chilwell so wide open. I mean, you, you don't get any more wide open than that. And Chilwell's on form. You know he's at least putting that ball on target. Uh, so if I'm going to be consistent, that to me outshines all the bad other good stuff that you did because we lost because we didn't put the ball in the back of the net enough. And you contributed to that by playing with your head down, playing hero ball, and you can't even hit the target. So for me, that's, that's Ross in a nutshell. He can do all this good stuff, but and then, then he craps the bed. When he has a chance to to really, you know, show that hey, I need to be in this team. Well, hey, you showed no, we were all right about you. You're you're not at that level. You're you you just can't. So, um, you know, I just again that just shows who Ross Barkley is. Um, you know, he's good. He's fine for a substitute, but I don't want to see any more than that. Yeah, fair enough. I think with the with the chance that he missed, I think it's one of the ones. If he scores it, no one will be talking about him passing to Chilwell. And I think it's one of the ones where, yes, I think Chilwell probably would have been the better option. But as I said, I think at at that at that central area, the space he had, I think most Premier League footballers should be scoring that. And I think you can understand why he thought. Maybe we had to take it, but again, you've got to hit the target at least. And the fact that he didn't hit the target is the part that frustrates me, and it just it does does take that little bit out of his performance. But yeah, I agree. I think if he wants to play a sporadic kind of rotation role, I'm fine with that. It's that 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 that's what I think his role would be up to the end of the season. But I I think it it's best for him and best for Chelsea for him to move on. Maybe my hope is a uh, 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 Saudi-based 
team comes in for him in the summer. A fair bit of money, <laughs> looking to improve on their team. Fifty million, and yeah, we'll, we'll, I think I think we'll take that because you know he's a Newcastle. He's a quality player. I tell you what, yeah, he, he will do. I think you're talking about really good. Ah, fifty. 50 oh, no, Newcastle come on fifty million. It will be. A I thought you were talking about Inter because they're, they're about to be taken. They're about to be taken over by a Saudi based consortium too. I mean, if they want to take him, I don't care as long as I get that Saudi money. Give me that Saudi money for Barkley. That's fine. Well, you know we like that oil money. Yeah. I think Barkley would be a good move for Newcastle, actually, as they're trying to um, trying to kind of stay in the league. I think that they do lack in midfield. It's one of the areas where they're quite weak. Um, so that's, actually, it might be an option. That's why I think he'll sign, because I think he's been linked there a number of, for the last two years anyway. Yeah. But I don't think they've ever had the money for him, but... Saudi will if Chelsea go, we want 35 million, 30, 35 million. I think the Saudi board will just go, that's fine, that's nothing compared to us. So I think, and they're gonna go, they're gonna go through, they're gonna go through a year, some years of just spending money on. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be rude on Markley, but a bit of dross. But they, at the same time, they need probably need a Barkley for the position they're in now. So yeah. Hopefully that that move. I think that move will work out for Barkley if he goes, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Between him uh, and Lingard, actually. Yeah, I, I have a feeling. Or both. I have a feeling Lingard might go back to West Ham. That yeah. is my funny feeling because I think they bought that Vlasic um, in, but I still think the way Lingard works with that team really well. Before, obviously, he's going. He's they could sign the pre-contract in. In January, I think West Ham obviously don't like don't like to spend a lot of money, so maybe that might be the move Lingard likes to do. Especially if Lingard, if West Ham looks to be fighting in Europe again, I think that's I think Lingard would be um, attracted to that point of Europe rather than sitting at Newcastle waiting for them to get into Europe. Um, but well, and, we'll and on that see. point, West Ham is about to be bought by a the Croatian billionaire. West Ham are going to be bought as well. I yeah. mean, to be honest, I'm not surprised. I think somewhat, some, that's the thing, but when everyone talks about Saudi money and Newcastle, get it, everyone, nearly every club is a billionaire nowadays. I mean, you could point out Norwich, Burnley, but even Burnley in the summer got bought out by a multi-millionaire. I don't think he's far off a billionaire. Um, West Ham, and that's probably it. I think everyone else has got a lot of money now. Maybe Southampton. I don't know who Southampton's owners are, but everyone has got a lot of money, so it's oh, not. No. I, I don't. Well, I don't think it really matters now in terms of the amount of money. Yes, Newcastle have got billions and billions, as Donald Trump would say, billions and billions and billions and billions. But I saw Jeff say, "Oh no, what happened?" Origi scored. Fuck. Uh, it's free two. It's free two. It's right. Come on, okay. Cole West Ham, hold it out, Zuma. Please do something. Don't let them score again. Ah, uh, but anyway, yeah, I think it doesn't matter if, if if financial fair play works the way it should. These team, it it's gonna it it's not really gonna te- teams gonna only spend so much. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, and let, let's hope that Newcastle ignore the last twenty minutes of the pod and. Think Ross Barkley is a fantastic player, which he is. Newcastle, please, 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 <laughs> sign Ross Barkley. 
Anyway, we'll, we'll change the topic and we'll go into a bit about Tuchel. Now, I'm not going to get into this nonsense that I saw on Twitter of the Tuchel in, Tuchel out, which when I saw it, it was majority Tuchel out, which I, I do not understand whatsoever. That is just teenagers, as I said, in them either it's either 35-year-olds in their mama's basements or it's pre uh, post-team puberty, just got out of puberty and they're very hormonal. You missed me out by a year there, 35, but I moved out last year. You almost got me there. Um, almost, almost, Mark. But, you're, but I think, if, I mean, you know, be careful what you wish for. Uh, it's happened before. When Conte lost his job, we ended up with Sari. So, you know, be careful about like, yeah, wishing managers to get fired. We've got literally an amazing one now. So we've got, we've got to stay. Yes. Nothing stupid. And I don't think he's done. I mean, I, I don't. I don't see what the argument is. I, I don't see who, how you could argue Tuchel should be sacked. But anyway, what I am, what we are going to make the point of. Obviously, lineup come out, and we were very surprised with Ross Barkley starting. I think it kind of worked out. I don't think it was too much of a hindrance. But what I'm going to make a point of is something I've noticed over the last few games. I think I've mentioned it before on one of the streams. Maybe I've mentioned it on the pod as well. Um, is Tuchel subs. I, I I do think that, in my opinion, I think he sometimes uses his subs a bit too late um, sometimes. And like the one game I'll pick out is the Southampton one. We obviously we won 3-1 in the end. But I remember Hassan Hortel made changes at ha- uh, half-time or just after half-time, changed the system tactically. And it seemed we took just a bit too long to react to it and that's obviously where they scored for Che Adams I think it was in that game or War Prowse whoever it was I can't remember who scored exactly but then obviously we it took time for us to make the changes needed for us to, that we then went on to win the game which is fine but obviously in this game Burnley switched up to a 4-3-3 and that's when you kind of saw that the game started changing a little bit obviously it weren't Burnley weren't going into some dominant patch but it was just starting to come out of Chelsea's way a little bit and out of flow. And then, obviously, I just feel like, obviously, we brought Ruben on, um, which I thought, I, I always thought, well, I thought Ruben should have started anyway, but that's that's a debate for another day. But I feel like he's just, is he, is he at times just taking a bit too long for his substitutions? Just as I'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I think so, especially in this last game. You know, when momentum shifts in a game, and that's what happened toward that end. They were starting to play. You know, you could almost feel it, the goal coming. Um, not that they were being amazing, but you just had the sense that they were on the rise and we were kind of complacent because we couldn't score. Uh, the knockout, and, and it, whenever you, it, when you let it, a team hang around, you don't knock them out when you have them on the ropes. You know, we got Marv here, so we can use some bo- uh, boxing analogies. You let them, uh, you know, somebody with a with a punch stick around. You could get knocked out, and that you know that's what happened to us. So um, when momentum starts to shift, and it did, the manager can af- can stymie that that momentum by um, making a substitution, bringing on fresh legs. And change, you know, trying to uh, negate or change the momentum back in your favor. And he didn't do that in this game. And that that is quite, 
quite an overlook on his part. Um, I don't know why Christian would have been fit for 20 minutes at the same time. He should have come on with it should have been a double switch with Loft, when Loftus Cheek came on, and uh, then you could have had Callum, Christian, and um, Havertz in the front front line, and then drop Ruben in the midfield to Conte's spot. I don't think Mount was fit enough to come on at all. He looked like he was. He had lost 20 or 30 pounds almost. I don't know about you. I didn't, you know, you know, Mason will always give you 100% when he's on the pitch, but I don't think he was close to 100%. I don't even think he was 50%. He just looked drained. Uh, so I probably would have gone a different direction on, on bringing somebody else in, or I would have just made the two substitutions and called it, called it good and, uh, and see what you're, you know, with Christian being on there longer, if he could have done the little extra thing that we were missing to put a second goal in. But, uh, yeah, that, but it's kind of so hard to, to sit here and say, well, Tuchel, rah, 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 rah. when the man's come in, won us the Champions League, he's got us in first place. It's, it's really hard to sit there and criticize somebody. I mean, we're nitpicking at this point. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's not it's not more of a thing that oh no, he's making subs too late. We've got to sack him or anything. But is it is it just like a fair bit of criticism that maybe Tuchel needs to improve on in the next few weeks? Because is it is it is it my my question would be is it me just thinking too much about this or is it something genuine that maybe he can improve on? No, I was asking. I was wondering why that since we could not knock him out, I was. I was like, okay, it's time for Christian to come on. Okay, it's time for Christian to come on. And uh, yeah, it, it happened way too late because we we know what Christian Pulisic. I know he's not a hundred percent match fit, but it only takes one play for Christian Pulisic to put a game away. He is that type. He's an instant impact. You know, he can he can come in and do something that nobody else on the pitch can do. And put the ball in the back of the net, or or set up somebody to put the ball in the back of the net. We've seen him do it over and over again. So, yeah, I thought I thought that would have been the person to bring on an offense uh, if he wanted to play, bring more offense to the deep, to the midfield. The Conte locked his cheek substitution. Yeah, that that should have been done a lot earlier too because Conte was not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but he's offensively limited in what he does. It's not his game. Or Ruben would have given you more of a threat, I thought. Oh, my God, they almost equalized. Oh, God, don't, oh, don't oh. say that. Don't say that. Don't Mane say that, almost please. equalized. We're, we're in gonna, stoppage. This is going to be the the, uh, the most interesting thing in the, when people are listening to the pod is hearing all the bar drama about the Liverpool result. <laughs> Yeah, people are not going to listen to our nonsense we spill. It's just going to be the Liverpool reaction. But anyway, Marv, what do you what do you think about the whole two short subs situation? Do you, do you think it's do you think it's me being a bit over the top and nitpicking, or do you think this could be a, like a genuine uh, criticism that Tuchel can improve on? Well, I mean, the, there is. I mean, with all respect included, uh, there's a reason why Matt Ball is uh, a very good and maybe the best in the world as a chiropractor, as a, an osteopath, but not a football manager. 
I know. Oh, <clears throat> Marv, that, that, you, you broke my heart. Oh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to fix it now because also neither is Marv a professional world-class football manager. Um, and, and that's the kind of point that I was trying to make. Like, for example, when we're thinking about subs, you know, he's won us the Champions League. Could we have done that? And that's, I'm, I'm always a bit, <clears throat> uh, I don't like to criticise successful managers. Now, I'll criticise terrible coaches all day long because they make shit subs and play the wrong players and the systems. But when we've won the Champions League and he's, you know, maybe making late subs. I mean, yeah, I thought the same as you guys uh, at the time. I thought, yeah, maybe we should have got Christian on about 15 minutes earlier because uh, I think he can definitely unlock spaces. But I think, in general, the goal that came was really unexpected. And sometimes those subs go really well. Sometimes he'll bring on one player and that player will score or, you know, it'll work. It's not like the Sari system where every time he'll change Barkley for Kovacic every every 50th oh, minute. God, I... <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, in general, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? it that hindsight is, is something we all have. But, you know... I thought he should have brought Christian on quicker as well. I mean, uh, me, me too. But, you know, you never know. I mean, we, we created a little bit towards the end, but the goal came really late. I could smell it from about the 46th, 7th minute where we just stopped attacking. But, you know, I, I'm not sure the subs are why we didn't win the game, to be honest. Uh, I don't think it really is relevant to it. But I can understand the, the question, of course. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely don't think it's one of the things that we, we lost because of the subs. Um, and it's definitely not a thing where I'm looking at, oh my God, Tuchel needs to be sacked because he's not making the subs. It's a big mistake. But it's more just a, a bit of healthy, constructive criticism. I think yeah, I've noticed I this over a couple of games. Um, and again, he's a fantastic manager. I couldn't think. I, I, I honestly do not want anyone else. Me neither. Tuchel is the man to stay. Tuchel is the man to be in this club um, unless he starts doing weird things. Then we'll consistently. Then we'll we'll think about it more. But I think Tuchel is is he is the man, um, and it's 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 okay. It's healthy to have for me. I think it's healthy to have yeah. a bit of constructive criticism, um, as long as it's not stupid like going on Tuchel out because he didn't make the substitution. I think yeah. it's healthy. I think hopefully yeah. maybe Tuchel can look because I think Tuchel's a man that he can he can look at himself and think all right, maybe I didn't do this right. Maybe I need to look to improve this in the next few weeks, next few months. And hopefully he can do that and we can we can improve as a team. But yeah, I, I don't think it's a massive thing. It was just a little talking point to bring up just to create a bit of discussion. And I think it yeah, was a I great discussion that. we did. Yeah, um, I think when it's balanced like that, it's the best way because it's, it's a question. It's a fair question. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, definitely. I think we, lo- we love to have fair and... Uh, good balanced discussions on this on this podcast and that why is that's why it makes us one of the best if i'm if i'm not and the ref is blown up three two final liverpool yes. are out of the top four are they out of the top four wow yes. i didn't realize no, liverpool that are fourth. liverpool are fourth west oh. hammer third what happened oh. to liverpool i thought they were literally behind it they they, they do well, concede- no, they they lost, didn't they? Draw against Brighton, didn't they? And then now they've lost. Well, yeah. obviously West Ham, West Ham were right behind us all as well. Yeah. West, everyone's been talking about Liverpool and City, but West Ham have always been about three or four points behind us as well. So, yeah. Van Dijk's I mean, not West the Ham, team. West Ham, West Ham's a team I think we're going to have to take seriously and look at. No, I know, no. I know, I know West Ham, I know we were saying last year West Ham, are oh, they going to drop off at some point? But 
we've got I think we when we play them we've got to take them seriously because I mean they're they're beating teams like Liverpool they beat Man City in the cup as well I think I think we've got I know we have a big club mentality but we've got to take this game seriously if you want to win the league because yeah they're, they're giving the big team something to worry about so we'll have yeah. to wait and see when that comes along but getting into the final point before we finish and it's just in terms of the front three obviously we've seen Lukaku play initially well and then struggle a little bit we've seen this fluid front three play well and they struggle a little bit everyone's come in and out in and out shake it all about but just in terms of our you own opinions Steve and Gerard and you change your mind sorry continue Oh, or you do a pool <laughs> skulls and you suck some toes. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll get onto it. We'll get out of the jokes. In terms of, I, I, I'm going to ask this question to each of you, and I, I don't. I, I just want this to be your own personal opinion. No, well, no one's going to judge you. But what would be your best three um, in general going into the next match? Um, Marv, I'll start with you. My best what? Sorry. Best front three. Oh, bloody hell. Okay. Um, it depends who's fit. Uh, it really depends who's fit. It wouldn't we'll, be... Just... We'll, we'll say that Werner and Lukaku come back after the international break and are fit. Okay. So I'm going uh, Timo on left side, Havertz in the middle and Pulisic on the right. Very interesting. Uh, your reasons behind it? Um, because Pulisic's got the one-on-one ability, the passing movement. Werner can open up spaces more than any other player. He gets in behind, gives defenders something to think about. And his, uh, when him and Havertz play together, I think there's a lot of nice link play. So that would be my first choice. Even though I am aware there are other players that have played well lately, like Adore, you probably deserve to keep going with his chances. And uh, But I, I, not Mount. Mount needs to work his way back into the team, I think. But yeah, I, it's a tough decision because we've got good options. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't agree with that, but that's why we have all this uh, good discussions. Um, and again, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make a slight dig. That's why Marv's not a world class manager. Hey, I'm I'm even better. I'm elite. Come on. Yeah, you're elite. <laughs> sorry, level. Oh, you've broken my heart, Matt. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't. I couldn't help it. But Jesters, <laughs> obviously, I I expect one man to be in there. Um, or it could be a surprise. You could not put him in there. But what 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 would be your front three? Should everyone be fit and ready to start against Leicester? I would go now. I'm not going to play the two one. I want the one two like we played in this game. Um, my the one the one front three that I want to see in this formation in the one two would be uh, the kind of the cam false nine. Is Havertz in the Barkley position to turn in the half spaces because I think he's very good at that as well. Um, Christian on the off the left as a left left striker and Lukaku as a right striker. That is that is that is actually very interesting because now you said that it's kind of uh, I've kind of see I'm 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 the biggest flip flop in the world. I mean I, I'm. I'm changing my mind every five seconds with this front line because I just, for me, I just, I can't pick. My, my struggle is there's no one that so far has cemented a front three. And that's why like, when I look at Marv's, there's a few things I disagree with, but I can understand what where he's coming from with the formation, with their players. And the same with you. I think if I was to play 
the one two i'm going to be a bit caveat and put two for the one two and the two three two two one i would play i actually would agree with your Havertz, Pulisic, and um Lukaku, Lukaku. Uh, up front but at the caveat for that i would have ruben loftus cheek in the in the pivot because i think we would need that sort of player um but in terms of if i was going for a two one I've always been a bit consistent. I'd like a player that has that, um, a player that's more of a attacking 10 kind of thing who can fluid, be a bit more fluid and drop into that number 10 when needed in defensive situations. And then that kind of, them to the, the, the wide player and what from. So I, I would go with, see at the moment, I'm actually going to, just because I, I, I want to see how he got, comes back from fitness, if I'm going to pick for the Leicester game, I would go Werner on the left, Mount on the right, and Lukaku, but I could definitely see Pulisic getting into that if he pr- starts proving himself. The problem is I, I just find... I, I kind of want another... I want a, a, another player that almost like a... I'm not going to say that exactly this player, but a Bernardo Silva-type player who can... Who can do a little bit of work, but has that kind of killer pass? I find Mount, he's very good, but he doesn't have that killer pass. Ziyech, we like that. Yeah, that's that, and that, that's why when we play Lukaku, that's what I find the problem is because we suddenly, if we're not got a fluid front three where we create spaces for each other, we seem to not be able to kick out, pick out a pass, and that's why I, I'm not so critical on. I think Lukaku's got obviously things to improve on. I think he can be a bit more fluid. I think. When he plays for Belgium and other teams, he does like to drift out to the right. So maybe it's the sort of thing where when you when you speak about the front three, maybe Havertz plays on that right a little bit and then you can see them two interchange on that right-hand side a little bit more. Um, but I just, I, just, I just feel that we, don't, we just lack that killer pass from anyone. I mean, Ziyech was the man we'd all expect to bring it in, but yeah. at the moment, Ziyech, if he doesn't have acres of space... He would just cut on. He just do the same thing, cut on his, cut on his left foot or cut on his, um, and just it doesn't seem to work. So I, I feel like that's a player that. I mean, I know Bernardo Silva's now playing really well at Man City. So I don't, I don't, I don't think we'd get him at all. But that sort of player is a fit player. I just think we're missing in that front three. Um, and could be a player that we try. Uh, could be that type of player we try and look at in the summer. I'm sure Chelsea all know Pogba better than me. All Pogba yeah. on the three. I mean, Ed, I, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of Paul Bogba. I think he's a good player, really? but I don't think he's. I, think I don't he's... think he's the best. Like people say, he's one of the best players in the world. I don't think he's one of the best players in the world. He's a good player, but on a free, I mean, I take most. I take. I take most people on a free. Um, free, you I can't really. He, I think he ruined his career going where he did. But in terms of technical ability and skill, and the fact, and and as a final ball type of player, he is perfect and he's strong and this team is kind of built around that that energy he doesn't run as much as other players does he but then even you know i think he's quite comparable to many of the best players in the world that are creative in the center that don't really have a huge output in terms of their work rate but i think that inside a team like this put in with kante i think there is an absolute huge potential yeah, uh, there's mean, players he, to kind of facilitate the things he doesn't yeah. bring He's a yeah, risk. I mean, that, that is a, that is a, is a, is a risk. But then again, on a free transfer, yeah. there's there's not so much risk because you're not paying a huge transfer fee. No. 
And I think he the money you'd choice. save on the transfer fee is a lot. For he would be my choice, what completely you? my choice for that position. What What are your uh, thoughts on Coman and Dembele? No to both. Both. Bombs. No. We've, we've, I mean, even outside of the performance thing, the we we moan. People moan about Pulisic being injured. Dembele, assume you mean Osama Dembele. Who's Mane Dembele, right? Yeah, 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 from Barcelona. Yeah, Can't he he free. has. People 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 say about people say about Pulisic has breadstick hamstrings, mate. Dembele has cheese strings. They 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 are just he he is just he is a pro, he is a massive problem, and he consistently gets injuries. No one brings up the point that Pulisic hasn't had a hamstring injury in eleven months, but you know that that's just something that go, always goes quiet when I talk about it, but. Dembele is just, I, 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 that's one player I would not take a risk on. Um, Komen, again, he's had injury problems. And I don't problems. think he's, I don't think he's that great. Yeah, there's better players. I mean, again, if he's a free, I wouldn't completely stick my nose up at it. But again, there are better players out there that I think we could get. And I think where, especially if we, if we only get a shoe many in for the midfield, we're not spending money on decline rice. Um, I think. I think there is there's a lot of money to spend to maybe make that forward player that we want to get as more of a, again another mar- that would be the summer marquee signing, especially if because if Shuman is going to cost us 30, 35 million, which I that's what I expect. I don't think the I don't expect the price price to inflate too much. Um, he's doing quite well again, but I don't think I don't expect it to go that high. Um, so. Yeah, I think we could we could spend a lot of money. So I, I, maybe it's a thing we don't really need to look at the freeze. But obviously, if there's someone like a Pogba does come up and wants to come to Chelsea, I wouldn't be completely against it. But we'll we'll have to wait and see if that comes. But yeah, I think we've got yeah, that. That's the beauty of this team at the moment. There we, we've all three of us we've come in and we've named completely different front freeze. So it just shows that there is no one is um, cemented a front. Uh, forward in first place in that front three everyone's got different opinions and that's why I think when Tuchel makes a decision I don't think we can criticise it too much because everyone's got a different opinion so I think it's down to the players, it's down to the likes of Pulisic it's down to Werner, Lukaku Mount, Ziyech, Havertz I'm not going to mention Barkley because I don't think he'll cement the first team place but it's up to them players to cement their place, prove yourself that you want to play for this football club because as I said people say oh I some <clears throat> people say we have high standards and so we should we are the champions of europe for god's sake we are one of the best clubs in the world we have won five premier we've, we've, we've won multiple premier league titles we've won multiple fa cups multiple league we what we're probably i'd say the second best probably want the second best team in the league on paper so we should we, we, we should we should we should be winning that we should be having them high standards and I don't wait around. I don't. I don't wait around for any player. I understand young players. I'll give them a little bit of time, but at the same, at some point, you've got to show your potential. And I think for some of these players, my worry is I don't see where they fit in, and that's where I look at worry. If I see someone's fitting in, but they may, if I see where they're going to fit in, but then they're not playing as well, maybe I'm like, okay, I expect, I, I want you to push up, but I, I can see where you fit in. But there's a few players that I just look at and I go. Well, actually, where do they fit in? Maybe under a pre- under previous managers, they might fit in. 
But at the moment, I'm I'm struggling to see that of a couple of players, and that's where I think maybe there could be at least one big shock in the summer. I don't think I don't in t- terms of Ziyech's pace. I don't think Ziyech is a big would be a big shock if he leaves. But I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. There's one big shock for the IELTS. I believe it's IELTS academic. What is going on? Sorry, dude. Uh, continue. No worries. I think there will be one big shock in the summer where someone big goes and the Chelsea fan base are going to go absolutely you mental. Said, you said that uh, some players don't fit, but who? I think Werner's gone. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think Werner has done enough to stay. I mean, it's one of the things I think he might go. Um, and I, I, I'd understand that he's missed chances, but then I, I would come back and say, well, we created 27 goals and assists last season. Who's going to fill? Who, who's who, who's going to who's going to fill them up? Because we need to fill them up all of a sudden. But well, I think there will be someone big that leaves. I think in terms of the person that I worry about the most, I think Havertz. I think 21. Especially, it, 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 it's just the fact that where he. I still don't know what he's... Uh, multiple people have said this. I don't think we know his actual position because I feel like he can play well in the false nine, but I, I'm just struggling with the fact that I think he... When I look at him, he's a very good poacher. When he's in the box, in the in the 18-yard box, he's very good. I don't, I don't have a problem with him in the 18-yard box. And he always seems to find himself in good position, similar to how Thomas Muller used to play. He used to... Used to he used to be disappear in the whole game and then suddenly he'd pop up in the right positions to tap it in or to about, about to do something but um everything else it's just it's just it's, it's just outside the box i'm struggling if he's gonna plan people saying he plays on the right people say he plays an attack in midfield i don't really i don't really know where he fits in especially if we've got if we're gonna we've spent 120 million on lukaku so obviously Crazy. Havertz can't really play a false nine when we've got a striker and a striker that's probably going to play most games. I will, so that's mention, where I'm just... I, I will mention I was against this for these very reasons. Um, I, I felt that we could have, if we couldn't get Haaland, I felt that we could have persevered with Havertz in the middle and then keep the free-flowing attack in three and then buy an elite left-sided attacker then, which uh, obviously my second choice was get Mbappe. Um, obviously a bit hard to do. But um, in that sense, if we'd have had that, we would have maintained a style of play. I'm not sure having a big centre forward really helps us. Um, and it can do. It gives us another flexibility. But my worry was that it would alienate players like Havertz. And uh, remembering Havertz is 21, there is a potential 14-plus years of upside. With Lukaku, I what upside is there? We hope that he scores a lot more goals than he has because he started off very well. Um, but my, my worry is that he's the one that doesn't fit. And not not so much Havertz. I'm quite surprised by that because we've won the Champions League with these players and we're top of the league with these players. So are we are we over analysing about players not fitting? If players were to leave, I can't imagine it being Havertz or Werner. And Werner hasn't not played because he's not good. He was injured, wasn't he? And obviously now when he started playing, he always seems to do well. And another thing shows that when we we still miss all those chances when he doesn't play. So, again, we can't blame that on, on one player, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I think we'll have to wait and see what happens. I think it'll be very interesting to see um, how people, how players fit in uh, in the next year or two. And if someone goes in the summer, because I think, as I said, I think there will be someone that goes, but we'll have to wait and see who that actually is. 
but that ends what is another wonderful pod. I think we've tried to be a bit positive and a bit negative. We haven't been full on just ranting at every player. Um, it's been calm, composed, um, and nice, and a very nice discussion of very, some very, certain topics. Um, yes. First of all, Marv, thank you for coming on uh, once again. Delighted to come on again. As always, I really enjoyed it with you guys. As always, Marv, as always. And Jester's again, thank you for coming on um, for a fantastic pod. Thank you, sir. I always appreciate uh, you letting me have my unfettered say. You know, we, we, we do live streams and sometimes you can't get your point across because you're constantly interrupted or you have to deal with idiots. So at least here I know we I, I'm paired with two geniuses of the game, practitioners of the fine art. And, uh, you know, I would love it. Uh, just as I mean, I, I like I like to give everyone their opinions, and we will. I think we will bring on some people, and it'll be some nice debates. But it is nice outside the streams. You don't get uh, people in the comments section. Shout out to Global CFC if you're listening. Still in your mum's basement. Still scared to come on the stream, but don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> he's a big Cho stan, and he started calling me out in the chat yesterday. And what I did is I was like, you know what? I put the stream link, StreamYard link in the chat and said, come on, come in and I'll respect you if you come on and say it, say it, say it, and say it with the face cam on. And he <laughs> didn't come on. There was this other guy that come on, which was fair enough. He, he come on. Uh, he said that big up to us, uh, made a comment about uh, Pulisic and then left, which was fair, fair play. Come on on his camera as well. Fair play. But obviously Global CFC, big up to you in your mum's basement. Carry on like that. But what is the end of another pod? Um, thank you to all you wonderful listeners that are listening. Um, you can drop comments if you want. If you want to talk about what's your third front three for the Leicester game, what you think about Tuchel substitutions, and what you think of the Burnley game overall, make sure you drop it down in the comments on Twitter and on Instagram. We love to have a nice debate down there. It would be great um, to open the debate with all you guys. And we'll be back. We will have. Uh, pods for the international break I've got a few ideas planned uh, we'll have a couple of new guests coming on as well which will be nice to hear some new voices some from Sadiq stream and some completely new but stay tuned for what will be a nice international break because you have pod episodes and you won't have to listen to England as much just turn off the England game and watch this wonderful pod but thank you guys for listening like Follow the stream or follow the podcast on Apple and Spotify. And what I can say is up the shelves with top of the league. Let's go.